everybody and welcome back to the F2 show. I'm your host Fraser Ford and joining me to reflect on all of the talking points from the opening weekend of the season, we have Inside F2 editor Lawrence Griffin, motorsport journalist and presenter Emily Sands and broadcast journalist and Road to F1's LA Wilshaw. Okay, how on earth are we going to summarise all of that action in one podcast? The racing this weekend was absolutely brilliant, wasn't it, LA? Uh, Formula 2 back and back at its very best, isn't it? I don't really know where to start myself because it was it just came at us really, didn't it, from the get-go of, of the sprint race. And what I noticed straight away was the experienced drivers seemed to almost be acting like Formula One drivers already. Um, they, there was such a difference to me in the performance levels and, and the level of aggression and a level of a take no prisoners. Um, and that's really what was the most exciting part to me of the weekend. Uh, there was a very clear difference straight away and they were so hungry for it in that sprint race that it was absolutely breathtaking. It really was, wasn't it? And the, the racing, the wheel-to-wheel combat, Lawrence, I mean, uh, Alex Jakes described it as absolutely wild and uh, completely out of hand. Is that uh, a fair reflection of the racing this weekend? Yeah, I think that's about right. And, you know, I, I love this circuit. We always get brilliant racing in Bahrain. And so clearly all you need to do is build a track that has the same qualities as a cheese grater and, uh, and, and you'll be fine. Um, so yeah, wonderful, wonderful racing as as we always see in Bahrain. So I was glad this year they didn't disappoint. That's for sure. Emily, welcome to the podcast. First time on the podcast itself. Uh, yeah, some of the wheel to wheel racing, particularly at the end of the feature race, it was uh, it, yeah, even by F two standards, it was good, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was. It was. I mean, I lost track of what was going on most of the time because there's so many different battles. And I feel like what LA was saying, you could see the difference between the drivers, but there was the rookies from F3 that were getting more confident as the weekend went on. So in the feature race, you could see them getting in that, you know, that on the uh, apex coming round, battling with the other drivers, going wheel to wheel. It was, yeah, it was such a great race to start the season off. It really was, wasn't it? Right, let's get into it then, because we, as I said, we've got so much to get through and not a lot of time to do it in. So let's start with the guy who dominated the weekend. I think that's fair to say, Teo Porsche, on pole by over seven tenths of a second, the largest margin between pole and um, P2 in Formula 2 history. Uh, he then goes and wins the feature race by 19 seconds as well. Absolutely outrageous from him. Is that a statement of intent to the rest of the grid, LA? Yeah, 100%. Of course it was. It was a very clear statement that he absolutely means business and so do the ART team. I mean, that car last season was was hit and miss. You know, obviously one, one race it was doing amazing and the next race, you know, what, what happened? Where did it go? Um, but then towards the end of the season, you could see how great the, the team was was starting to, to perform themselves. And of course, they, they narrowly missed out on the team's championship, you know, at the, at the very end of the very last race um so they regarding Teo you know he had a long winter to regroup um you know he got his drive back with the ART team uh he made sure that that he finished in the sprint race um he didn't want a repeat of last year's sprint race so he did get into a little bit of trouble himself during that race um but I think he just wanted to make sure that he did finish that and then won the feature race by miles and I'm sorry Fraser I've got to correct you it's almost 20 20 seconds ahead it was more like 20 seconds don't say 19 but um for sure he's, he's got his mojo back hasn't he 
He really has. Whatever it was, 19, 20 seconds, he probably had time to come into the pits and uh, put a cup of tea on, couldn't he, and have a, have a cup of tea. Uh, but yeah, his, his second uh, pole position in Formula 2, obviously, after uh, Monaco 2021. And he yeah, went on to, to, to win the race, obviously. He said after the, the, fe- the feature race, actually, I don't want to celebrate too much. Is that a, a different Teo Porsche than what we're used to seeing, Lawrence? Because we know usually he celebrates his, he, he really goes all out when he celebrates his victory, didn't he? Is this the sign of maybe a, a more mature Terry Porsche this season? Potentially, yeah. I think to an extent he kind of knows the pressure he's under as any driver in their third season tends to be in this series, which is completely unfair. But that's often the way people see it in, is that in your third season, there's an expectation that you're going to demonstrate you, your experience and manage the tyres well at circuits like Bahrain. And he's ready now to position himself for a, for a Formula One seat. And so he really wants to make that next step, make it a no-brainer for him to be in a seat next year, for him to get his way in, into, into Alfa Romeo, um, set himself up for a future when that becomes Audi, which could be really, really exciting. And I think he's he's so focused, not only that qualifying lap to be that distance ahead of the rest of the field, but also to finish a race 19 seconds, nearly 20 seconds, as LA says, in front of everyone else, that just shows that you're, you're not, you know, not letting back whatsoever. He could have very easily coasted, saved the tyres, but no, razor-sharp focus throughout the entire race. You know, everything that could have gone wrong went perfectly. The start, the safety car restart, he was absolutely brilliant. You, you cannot fault what he did this weekend and it is incredibly rare that we say that we'll usually find some way of criticizing the drivers but that was phenomenal from him all around this weekend yeah it really was wasn't it and we know that obviously Sauber uh, were the ones that said about him returning to Formula 2 they're funding his season this season he's also got an engineer who's uh, the engineer he was working with in Formula 3 who's now his engineer this season as well is this performance a, a result of you know familiar surroundings and, and feeling a bit loved by uh, both Alfa Romeo Sauber and uh, an ART yeah, I think so. I think that 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 definitely can't help, uh, can't hurt him one bit. I think you know having that sort of environment around him and having the personnel that he knows. We've seen before that link between driver and engineer is so so important. So if you've got someone that you're familiar with in that team, it's obviously going to help you to deliver. And I think that's that's really what he's going to need this season. And and I'm I'm glad for him that he has that those sort of personnel around him. Yeah, he was voted your driver of the round at home on our Twitter at Inside or F2 Inside with 46% of the votes. A great start to the season for him. You also voted Campos, your team of the weekend with 58% of the votes. What a weekend for them. Winners of the sprint race in the form of Ralph Boschong, uh, who had his best weekend in Formula 2 uh, as well. And then P2 and P4 in the feature race on Sunday. Yeah, just a, an all-round great weekend for them, wasn't it yeah I mean Ralph is is um an entity to himself isn't he and you know he can have some absolutely amazing weekends or amazing races uh, and then something dramatic happens either you know because of of 
I think things happen to him. You know, he's, he's not one of those drivers. That, he's sort of a driver that's rarely at fault, I think. And things tend to happen to him. Either people sort of take him off or uh, there's something wrong with the car. So, but, but the car looks absolutely amazing, just like ART have made great strides. It looks like, obviously, because of Miney as well then Campos have just made amazing strides over the winter. Um, he's shown before that he has the talent. He's just needed the car, and it does look like he's got it this season. Cush um, as well, you know, the surprise rookie. Um, both races he did amazingly, didn't he? And yet, if you look at his Formula 3 performance, you know, he finished in 14th last season. Um, I think he got uh, three podiums. Did he get a first place at one point? Um, and and we met him last year, you know, at the Motormouth Charity Karting, didn't we? And, you know, I, I, I interviewed him and saw him at a couple of races last season in the paddock. Um, but the one thing I'll say is that if you don't know his background, you actually wonder how much of a surprise it is because racing's in his blood. His older brother uh, drove in Formula 2 for Campos and other teams. So when you do understand that background, is it really a surprise? And he might have made a really great decision this season, you know, going, going with Campos. Yeah, really great performance by uh, yeah Kushmani this weekend, and as you say, a bit of a surprise of the weekend. But um, yeah, obviously suiting the Formula Two cars and uh, working hard there. And Ralph Boschong, thirty ninth winner of a Formula Two race as well uh, at the at the ninety sixth attempt. So I'm sure, uh, yeah, what a weekend for, for for Campos. I'm sure they'll be very happy with their weekend's work. Um, Bahrain's obviously a, a, a race that's always heavily inf influenced by a tire deck, uh, and it was again this weekend Zane Maloney was someone who seemed to get on top of the tyres and we thought that the tyre the, the deg you know the fact that there is high tyre deg we thought that would favour perhaps some of the returning drivers but Zane Maloney was someone who really got on top of it one of the rookies who really got on top of it from from the get-go and yeah it kind of uh, it, it worked in his favour in the in the feature race didn't it Lawrence? Yeah, absolutely. That was a drive that looked like somebody who was in their third or fourth season of Formula 2 not a rookie by, by any stretch and he had one outing last season in a Formula 2 car um, but there are there were far more experienced drivers out there today that did not perform to that level and didn't manage the tyres like he did I mean I was I was surprised just from the get-go that he emerged P7 at the safety car restart up 11 places on the opening few laps which was just unbelievable and carving his way through all the chaos that was going on and keeping a calm head um, as, a, as a rookie is really impressive and for him to be up behind his more experienced teammate asking him to speed up is is not something I expected at all. Um, and it's hardly like he had a steady race. You know, we talk about him managing his tyres, suggesting that he was holding back and then slowly coming through. He was aggressive when he needed to be on his teammates and as he moved through the order. And it was a thrilling pursuit in those final laps as he comes on the radio and asks, can we get him? And the, the, the team sort of go, yeah, you can. And he was pushing flat out. And to be able to do that on tyres that had already overtaken so many cars is just brilliant. And then, yeah, getting past Kushmine at the end to get onto the podium. Kushmine, of course, as we've said, he himself had an impressive F2 debut all round. That was a really, really impressive performance from him. And, you know, you don't win three feature races in Formula 3 on the trot for nothing. And I think he proved that today. And so what a, an exciting talent he is, you know, especially at his age, 
So it'll be wonderful to see what he can go on and and do for the rest of the season. Yeah, great move around the outside of Jack Doohan in the in the feature race as well. Really strong move. And Corbo on Twitter voted him as their driver of the round. Uh, Danny on Twitter said that Richard Vashore was her driver of the round, facing the wrong way at the end of lap one, recovered to P5, uh, fast all weekend long, a great qualifying lap as well, Emily. Uh, how encouraged will, will VAR be? Well, he will he be with VAR's pace and uh, how will VAR be with his pace, if that makes sense? Yeah, I think he's probably very happy with how he did this weekend. I mean, obviously, like you said, he kind of came from nowhere. Obviously, after being spun out at the beginning of the feature race there, he managed to keep the car running, which is great. So he could turn around and and carry on. But I think I was so, you know, covered up in everyone else doing just moving around the order so frequently. When I saw his name just gradually coming up and up and up, I was like, oh, hang on a second. And he came out of nowhere. And just completely stormed. And I was so impressed with him. And I didn't expect him to be able to put on, you know, that that big of a show. And he even got fastest lap on the end in the end as well. So even though we're still very early in the driver's standing, I think P5 is a solid ground for him and the team to be happy with his performance in, in Bahrain, definitely. Yeah, really strong start for the season, uh, to the season for him. And uh, Fred Vesti, obviously the person who spun him round, a uh, five-place grid drop for him for Je- in Jeddah for that incident. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, strong weekend for, for Richard for sure, wasn't it? Um, I want to talk about the Dams duo. Let's start with Arthur Leclerc. Um, he showed great pace at points. Also a few mistakes in there, which maybe cost him uh, a few positions, particularly in the feature race, LA. How will he reflect on, on this weekend? Yeah, I think he himself is going to be quite disappointed uh, with the weekend. Um, I think that there's such high expectations on him from the outside world because of his name. You know, there is a lot on his shoulders and, you know, being in, in a family with a name, we have seen many drivers come and go that have siblings or parents um, and, and he's part of that fold. Um, so it, it's to me, in some respects, it's a harder lesson that he has to learn, com- maybe compared to others. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely going to be disappointed. Um, you know, I was a little bit sort of sad, disappointed for him, but I kind of reflected on the sprint race and felt like that he was one of the, the sort of victims of the experience, the real experience there, that um, he was just swallowed up, you know, w- within that very aggressive first few laps. And then he was again a victim of the tyres, you know, and and they all were towards the end of of that feature race today. You know, the tyres were going off pretty much everybody. I kind of feel like because of the tyre situation, today probably wasn't an exact fair representation anyway of of how good he is, you know, and and how, how much of a talent he is in his own right. Yeah, perhaps a more accurate representation will be Jeddah in a couple of weeks' time. Um, your pick for the title, Lawrence uh, Ayumu Awasa, uh, a bit of a disappointing weekend for him by his high standards. Uh, yeah, he'll, he'll probably need to be doing better than that if he wants to compete for the title this season, won't he? Yeah, I, I, there's there's a possibility I may have cursed him there. There's always that possibility. Um, no, it was it was disappointing and he is, he is going to have to do better. Um, you know... It, for him to have qualified seventh and then end up eighth from a feature race where so much action happened, you you want him to be capitalising on that and moving up the order as, as so many drivers behind him did. So it was an un, unfortunate one for him today, I think. Um, 
but I, I thought he made a good account of himself in the sprint race. Really fair, but aggressive racing with Leclerc. Um, and I was I was waiting for him to just fall right back through the order because he was driving so aggressively and he fought brilliant with Victor Martins and and he, he absolutely loved the up and under at turn four, which I, I think is one of the best corners on, on the entire calendar, by the way. Um, you know, he, he showed how brilliant his racecraft is and I can't believe the tyres managed to cope with what he was doing to them. So to bring it home in fourth, I think, was was good. And so he's, he's shown his talent there. And actually comes out of this, I think he's sixth in the in the in the championship now on the back of that. If he starts to build some more consistency in and, and bounce back next weekend and have a, a stronger qualifying session would be the key, really. Um, then we might just look back at this as a as a very small blip. Um but it does it does put you under a bit of pressure right from the get-go to have someone like Terpacher that far out in front when you're wanting to go for the title yourself. So not a great start for him. Um, but it's a it's a long long season to go, I'm sure. I'm sure that's what Dams will be will be telling him uh, this evening. Absolutely, thirteen rounds to go. As you say, uh, another driver who will be thoroughly disappointed, I'm sure, with his weekend will be Jack Doohan. A uh, bit of a poor qualifying, uh, and yeah, just a bit of a poor weekend overall. Again, by his high standards, Emily, how frustrated will he be? I think he'll be very frustrated. You know, he was in the top of those names that you know could possibly take the title this year, and I feel like it was a very uneventful weekend for him and he didn't do very well at all. Um, You know, he came P17 in in qualifying, came 11th in the sprint. Um, Probably not the best tyre strategy going into the sprint race. He was on hards for most of it. So he was kind of down the bottom of the order, didn't really move up anywhere. Um, And then he started P17 in the feature race, ended P16. I just don't really feel like there was anything from him. There wasn't much coverage either on when watching it on um, television. So... I don't really know if he did make any successful passes. I think I saw him, you know, overtake a couple of times, but I think it was pretty uneventful, to be honest. And, you know, just like Lawrence was saying, it's the same for Owasa, the same for Dewan. When you've got someone like Theo Pocher, who is a 20 seconds ahead of the rest of the field, which is just like you said earlier, unheard of for someone in F2, when he's in that, you know, that category for being one of the best drivers this year in Formula 2, when you have an opening weekend and you're right down the bottom, even the rookies are performing better than you, then, you know, there's got to be talks within the team, within him. He's got to figure out to not let this happen again because this is something that he just cannot afford. And I hope to God that he, you know, he has those conversations with the team and himself and he comes back stronger next time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and finally, LA, uh, JM Correa, uh, a point for him on his return to Formula 2. How happy will, will he be with his uh, weekend? Um, yeah, I, I don't know, really. Um, I kind of feel like he would have wanted more from it. Uh, you know, we know sort of he's he's not a rookie, obviously, but he's coming back in again after, uh, you know, another season in F3. And... I feel like he might have expected more, especially since we know the, the VAR car and what it can do, what it can achieve and what, what Richard's doing in it. Um, but from my particular point of view, you know, I feel like it, it's an amazing return. Absolutely. And hopefully that's just the start of the points uh, for him this season. And yeah, what a year of Formula 2 action we're in store for if this weekend is anything to go by. OK, let's take a look at the championship standings after the first round of the season. 
Taylor Porsche leads the way after round one. Sprint race winner Ralph Boschong is the Frenchman's closest competitor with 28 points from the first two races. The highest rookie after round one is Carlin Zane Maloney. All of his points come in in the feature race. And French duo Victor Martins and Isaac Hajar round out the top 10. And the team standings? Unbelievably, the team who finished bottom of the team standings last year, Campos, leads the team standings after round one in 2023. However, they'll have their work cut out to stay there. ART only four points behind. Carlin and Dams will feel like there's more to come from both of their teams. They sit third and fourth in the standings. And a bad weekend for Prima. They sit bottom of the standings after round one. They'll be hoping for better next time out. Okay, that's all we got time for today. My thanks to Lawrence, to LA and to Emily for joining me on today's show. If you've enjoyed the show, make sure you give it a like. Let us know what your thoughts are in the comments and subscribe for more Formula 2 content. But from me, Fraser Ford and all of us here at Inside F2, we'll see you next time.